In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Why does Craig just getting in here make me start giggling? He's got a sexy voice. Not really. He's good. He's a robot. Like, I mean, robots can be sexy, but. Like, have you ever seen Data? That's a sexy robot. That's fair. Have you ever seen R2-D2? All right, Chris. Have you ever seen Dio? Dio's not a robot. What? Someone didn't watch episode nine. You baited. Okay, that one you baited me into. <laughs> Andrew, name a sexy robot. We've literally opened an episode with this before. Um, sexy robot. Can't say C three PO. You said that last time. I'm gonna go with um the best dominatrix there is, Gladys. Ooh, she's not a robot. She's a computer. I mean, she has a physical form. Yeah. All computers have physical forms. That moves Andrew. around and stuff. Like, she can see through the eye hole. That's a weird thing to say. Um, okay, that's fair. She was, she was the most attractive when she was a potato, though. Okay. <laughs> it's like Anyways. In a mirror. That, whole, that whole section was the best part of the game because it had Cave Johnson in it. Yeah. The best JK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... Yeah. J.K. Rowling, get that shit out of here. We're about J.K. Simmons nowadays. J.K. Simmons, please don't get accused of any doing any nasty shit. Please. I'm yeah. begging you. This will age horribly otherwise. Welcome back to the weekly anime performance review. Uh, we review... <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Damn it, John. You had two chances today. And you failed both of them. Third time today, John. What? This is the third time you've messed up the intro today, and we've only recorded two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the weekly anime performance review, the sh show where we review the performance of anime weekly. Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah. Anyways, John, who are you? No, no I don't want to say. Fucking fine, then. I'm Andrew, the CEO of Ashente. I'm... Did you forget? No. I'm John, this the, the your gaming grandpa. <laughs> gaming grandpa? <laughs> it's just a panda that plays video games. <laughs> Chris, why'd you what? Did you just forget? Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I don't. What are we he, doing? He left today? the audio blank. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, my other option was going to be Tee is this better Big Brother? Oh, no. But, oh, my God. But I decided not to go with that. We'll have words about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it's not Shira who said that. It's a movie quote. Oh, my God. Anyways, let's get into this. Yeah, you, um, why actually, don't you introduce this one? Well, so let's try and keep this a bit spoiler-free if people want to watch it. It's um, the initial part. Yeah, the initial part. And then we'll get into the fun part. But okay. ultimately, what this is about 
is this is about two siblings, Sora and Shiro, who go by the name Blank as a group. And they are just typical needs in your world, but then they're summoned to a world called Disboard, not Datboard, this one, where, okay. Um, and everything is decided in the game. There's no murder, violence, or thievery allowed, but if you can beat someone in a game, you get whatever you agreed upon beforehand. And it can be anything. Literally yeah. anything. You can cause very impossible things to happen. You can gain control over people's memories and shit like that. Yeah. Or you can cause people to fall in love with you, as we see happens. Um, but ultimately, the Sora and Shiro use this to their advantage as ultimate gamer nerds who never lose anything yeah. to try and take over the world. And I feel like that's pretty much all I can say plot-wise without starting to delve into stuff. Yeah. So, as a whole, what did you think about it? And let's um, keep it positive, because I know negatives that are coming that I agree with. <laughs> okay. But well, I'm glad, you, I'm glad you can anticipate that. Yes. But uh, there's a lot I did like about it. Like, mm -hmm. And I'm sorry that I have to make this comparison again. But I don't know. I just like seeing bad guys get taken down a peg by stuff they didn't expect. Uh, it's very JoJo-esque in that regard. Mm. Right. I yeah. mean, the whole thing about this is that, first of all, it's not cheating if you're not caught. Oh, yeah, that was exactly. going to be my name. Dang it. Um, <laughs> but also that, like, you can win anything in some strategic way, and games are often take on a new light because they never just play a basic game. They don't just play chess. They don't just play rock, paper, scissors. They always throw some sort of spin on it. Yeah. And they always over outthink their opponent. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh... And it's, they always come in at a disadvantage because they don't because they they always like it's always a, just a simple game on the surface, but there's always a wrinkle that the and that their enemies toss into it that they right. still manage to account for in the end. Yeah, but of course they win because of their wit because that's humanity's only weapon because they're trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's that's something I think that's fine to talk about. It's not really a spoiler, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, there's like 16 sentient races in the setting, and uh, humanity is ranked at the very bottom of the totem pole because they can't use and they can't see magic, so it's basically impossible for them to win games against other mm -hmm. races. Because they right. can just easily cheat. Yeah. I guess not easily, but pretty easily. Or like other races can cheat against them and they have no way to prove it. Right, because cheating means you instantly lose. But if you're not caught cheating, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, and I like that's oh, another thing is that they can like in one of the early episodes they they're watching a game of poker and they see someone like with the help of another race cheating using magic but because they can't use magic they can't really prove it they can just say hey this person's cheating right well and I think that's represented by Every race has a race piece that's a chess piece, and it kind of represents their entire race. Mm -hmm. And if they lose it, they're not considered one of the 16 races anymore. Like, they're no better than animals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which actually is a weird thing to say, considering... They're breeding the stock. Um, yes. They become... To make a Dune reference. Nothing. <laughs> um, but Humanities is the king. 
which is arguably the weakest piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the most important one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's it's the key to all of it. Right. So another big plus for me is the style in this show. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts it my so, eyes to look at. Right. <laughs> right. It's so saturated and bright, but I love that. Yeah. I know I do like it. I'm just I'm joking. No, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, I'd say it's like 50-50 whether or not I enjoy it or not. Yeah. I think that it could be more effective if it wasn't quite all the time and yeah. if they used it to intensify uh big moments instead of just constantly having it like that. Of course, yeah. they do still sometimes sometimes shift the palette for that very reason. Mm-hmm. I will say I think in the last arc in this Tokyo, I don't think I think it was normal colors mostly, except Maybe. for the characters, right? Does that sound right? I'd have to go back and watch uh, yeah, it. me That's too. Fair. That's fair. A lot of JoJo references in this one. Yeah. I mean, I feel like JoJo and this both at their core have outthinking your opponents using very unconventional memes. No, but there were like explicit JoJo references all over this. I think something that was a lot like this is my second time watching this one. And like before it was like one of the first anime I ever watched. So I really didn't know get catch all the references it made. Mm-hmm. And so this time knowing a bit more about it, I like knowing a bit more about like anime and what references are like the really popular ones. It was a lot it was a lot of fun getting those this time. Mm-hmm. Like they did the the Rohan Kishibe speech. Yeah. Uh obviously Stephanie did a big ri. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and she did it like the arcade game which was a nice touch. Uh yeah, I, there didn't... was like a, sc- I don't know the right word, but like a screen cap kind of moment that was definitely JoJo style. Yeah. Well, yeah, they they st- they pretended to stop time by saying King Crimson instead of the oh, world. Oh, yeah. yeah. And nothing happened. <laughs> yes. Well, I think it was King Crimson, and then they cut out the time that they ran towards. Towards Izuna. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there was also Ace Attorney. Yeah, there was, oh, a, there was a bunch of Ace Attorney. Yeah, because the judge was just the judge from Ace Attorney, and they kept doing the objection. Or a variation of the objection. Yeah, I would say, something to mention, though, is that our main characters are neats, so it's not like they might knowingly be making these references. Oh, yeah. no, because like when they do the Rohan Kishibe speech, they're like, oh, hell yeah, we got to do the Rohan Kishibe speech in real life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I they're could... definitely explicitly referencing <laughs> things. And like when they do the Ace Attorney bit, like, uh, Sora's playing the Ace Attorney music from his phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, he was. Um, it's not a, actually the Ace Attorney music, but it's like, they're playing it sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they can't actually yeah. copyright and whatever. Uh, anything else? Because, like, there's some positives, but those are spoiler-heavy. So. Yeah. Uh... I think we're ready to jump into just like going episode by episode and well, talking about it. Well, we should mention yes that the show technically I think would be PG thirteen. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> but it's very much. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that one, Chief. I would. It does say contain R. a lot of anime tropes that you're like, I don't know if these should be anime tropes. Yeah, yeah. including. Two of my literal least favorite anime tropes. Which ones? 
uh, incest and sexualization of minors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say it's sexualization of literally any a female character. I will. That's a hundred percent. Okay. Not yeah. Just minors. But it's not as big a deal when they're not eleven. Yeah. yeah. And she's mentioned as eleven several times. Yeah. And the movie they marry. It's. I mean, she she doesn't look old enough. No. Yeah. Even though she's a robot, but that's not the point. I don't care if she's a robot. I don't care if she's a dragon. I don't care if she's God. She doesn't look like an adult. And she doesn't act like an adult. So don't. Okay? Yeah. Just don't. Yeah. Stop it. Do not marry her in Fire Emblem or I will come to your house and tell you not to do that. <laughs> I got off topic there, but it's related. Yeah, it is it is one of the problems that I have to say about this is that it's very much weird at times because the two main characters literally can barely be separated from each other. Like, they have such a dependency issue. I don't think that's the issue. That's not the issue. The issue is that, at times, it turns into more dependency and more, like... The issue is that, like, the first shot of Shiro is a panty shot. Yeah. Yeah. There's a panty shot of Shiro almost every episode, I think. And she's 11. And that's, like, that's not okay. Any other big negatives? Because I know that's the biggest one. Uh... Like, there are a lot of minor things... I don't really have any other big negatives. I didn't really like the movie, just generally. <laughs> I, I'll agree with that. But we'll, we'll do that in the movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked the movie. I I just think, like, a general recommendation, if you're wanting more No Game, No Life, specifically, you probably don't aren't going to enjoy the movie. Right, because yeah. the movie's set before the world, the rules of the universe are established, so people are just killing each other left and right, and it's... Like, I thought it was a good movie. It just wasn't No Game, No Life. Yeah, it could have. You could have just, like, changed some stuff around and made it just a completely unrelated movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, with that, if we're good to go episode by episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll say spoiler apart now, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I did write episode summaries like I do for our normal show, but I wrote them on my phone and did not proofread them before uh, presenting them to you. Uh, so some of them sound fine, but some of them I'm going to read them phonetically for your pleasure. Uh, so we'll get right to it. Uh, episode one. Epic gamers Sora and Shiro are transported by the god Tet to a fantasy world where games govern everything and resolve to take over. I, I thought the first episode was pretty good. I mean, like, yeah, it's definitely a first episode, but a lot happened yeah. in this first episode. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like they got to the world, they figured it out, they explained the ten pledges. Uh, they really did a good job of kind of putting everything out there right off the bat and not kind of drip feeding it to you when they didn't need to. Right, yeah, and I think that even though this first episode feels a bit like an expo dump at time, it then never has to feel like that later, I feel. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Everything's well, laid out now so that we Because, like, everything in the world is governed by the Ten Pledges, so mm -hmm. you never need to explain that again, really. Mm-hmm. Like, just explain which pledge is relevant whenever mm -hmm. it is. I do, I do like that the 10th pledge is just, let's all have fun. Yeah. Let's have fun and play together. Mm -hmm. The most important pledge. I like the idea that the previous king, and we'll get to why exactly later, but he was like, when I die, there needs to be a gambling tournament to determine the new ruler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I think that's on brand. And Stephanie just sucks at games real yeah. bad. She does. What but is... it's great because she's later proven to be smart at other stuff. She's just terrible at games. Yeah. 
which is not a good thing to be in this setting. Yeah. Like she's competent at managing a kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like they show later on how she systematically divided up noble support so that way they would all, like she would whittle down her opponents so they'd all go to her side. But she could never translate that to a game. It's mm -hmm. basically it's basically the equivalent of a of a monarch being a great ruler in peacetime, but no good at uh, as a war leader. Yeah, of sorts. Yeah, because like the games are basically war. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. any dispute is settled through a game, and everyone knows that war is politics with bloodshed, and politics is war without bloodshed. I think that's Mao. I think that's Mao Zedong. Probably uh, sure. <laughs> I'm going to look real just... stupid if someone's, if that's not Mao Zedong. And I will say, this is when we're, we're already first episode, we're told, you can cheat, but you can't get caught. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And everyone seems to know that. Like, Yeah, well, it's in the pledges. You, you can't not know that, really. Well, mm -hmm. but like, everyone is fine with cheating. They just don't want to get caught. I mean, Sora and Chiro don't really cheat at all. Sora cheats in that first game. Or at least it's heavily implied he does. Oh yeah, that's right. Where he's playing like, just, poker against the yeah. random lady. Yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. she's already cheating, so he cheats to get the royal flush. Yeah, yeah. He card counted once, but that's technically I wouldn't say that's cheating. Just casinos don't like that, so you know. <laughs> he did it to Stephanie, so it doesn't count. Well, and she was cheating, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not talking about stuff from the first episode anymore. We're about. I mean, yeah. Are we good to move on to the second episode? I think so. This right, one's this is... mo the first one is just set up, really. Yeah. This is the first real bad summary. Uh, Eowix, Gamiya, Sora, and Shiro beat Steohani in Rock Paper Skiazors, forcing her to let them stay at the palace and to love Sora. Sora resolves to become king. I have no idea what that first half was supposed yeah, to I be. Don't... <laughs> Okay, so it's E O I X and J G E O I X G A M E E A, which is supposed to be Epic Gamers. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So this is when uh, Stephanie really joins the main cast. Mm -hmm. uh, she's basically their long-suffering assistant who actually runs the country aside from playing games on its behalf. Yeah. Right. And she's the grandson, granddaughter of the previous king. <laughs> Yeah, but she pretty much loses the game. Well, they tie game, but, you know, that's losing to Sora and Shiro. Um, she loses and is forced to love Sora so that she'll do whatever he says. So when he's like, hey, give us a place to stay, she does it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I also think, like, it's implied that forced to fall in love with him, not stay in love with him. Yeah. Right, I think Jabril says that later on in episode. Yeah, she's like six or seven. You, you were, you were. The agreement was to fall in love with him, but you're, you, you still are. So figure yeah. that shit out. Yeah, I, I think this is one of my favorite dynamics of Steph not wanting to, but then being like, "Oh, sure, I'll do whatever you want." I hate myself. Stop doing it. Yeah, sure, whatever. And it <laughs> repeatedly manifests as her banging her head into various things. Yes. Yeah. So maybe that's why she's bad at games. Maybe so, <laughs> because she just inflicts head trauma on herself pretty regularly. So yeah, in these first two episodes, we kind of have all of our setup done. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, are we going to move on to episode three? Um, I will say, at the end of this, um, Koromi, 
who beat Steph to knock mm-hmm. her out of the race to be the leader of Elkia, the humanity's kingdom, bullied yep. Steph kind of in this and like very much made her grovel and whatever. And then Blank was like, you know what? Fuck that bitch. We're going to yep. take her out. So, so I feel this, like that's set up for what's about to happen. Is this the same episode that they go to the palace and have that whole confrontation? I believe so. I believe that's the start of the next episode. Okay. I think... No, yeah, that's the beginning of this, but this is when they resolve to do that. It's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I also really like the rock, paper, scissors game. Right. And how, like, it kind of shows the mentality behind what's going on. Because Sora says... If I play anything other than paper, then I lose. And so that kind of sets up the whole mental game mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Right. And I should mention that the two siblings have very different strengths. Shiro is like a genius and is great at like chess and first person shooters and everything where you can logically predict everything and, and analyze every single route of whatever. And then Sora's like the bluff master or whatever you want to call him. Yeah, like Sora's good at reading people while Shiro's good at reading Yeah, things. which is why he's better at strategy games and she's right. better at like games where there's an optimal strategy. Right. Like tic-tac-toe or chess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like how tic-tac-toe is the first option. Well, well I mean, she says several times chess is nothing more than tic-tac-toe. Yeah, there's just a lot more potential moves, but she's yeah. just got a big enough brain that she can just know them all and calculate them. I guess we were kind of already talking about episode three now, aren't we? Yeah, we'll go and yeah. Uh, in episode three, Blank plays a wacky game of chess against Karami for the throne, uh, and if, and it turns out to not really be chess at all. It's more about <laughs> it's it's more a game of leadership where like you're trying to like make speeches and rally your troops. Yeah, or like morale is a big mechanic. Right. Like. You can't sacrifice, or Shiro couldn't sacrifice her pieces because they didn't believe in her enough. Mm-hmm. Right. She was trying to play logical chess, and then Cormie was like, pawn forward, and it moves like four spaces forward. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, that's what? So then Shiro took over and gave a big speech to his pieces, and they Sora. all like charged like crazy. God, why do they give them both S names? I know. Sora took over. Well, to be fair, in Japanese, they're not both S names. That Yes, they, well, they they start with different syllables, yes. Yeah. Uh, because they have a syllabary, not an alphabet. Yeah. We'll we'll call them white and sky. <laughs> no, we won't do that. We're not four kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Shiro inspire. Or, God damn it, Sora inspires. Did you must say Spyro. <laughs> no, I said Shiro. <laughs> I did the same thing you just did, John. Um, but Sora I definitely inspires... heard Spyro. I said Inspire. Okay, fair enough. But he inspires the troops, and it turns into a real-time strategy game, because he says wars don't wait for anyone's turn. Yeah. And, like, oh, the other girls just, like, their opponents just like, oh my god, what's happening? Yeah. Like, he jumps down onto the board and convinces the enemy queen to join his team. Yeah. Right. Well, I... Yeah. And then creates a third faction. Well, for, that's the next episode. Um, yeah. But first what happens is that Kurumi is cheating to cause her pieces to cause... She's the black team, and the white team um, is blank. And yeah. whenever white touches black, they turn into black and join her side or whatever. Yeah. Right. Which, 
is cheating, but Sora's like, I can't prove this, so whatever. Yeah. Right, because the elf girl is not actually there, so they can't like be like, "Hey, you're cheating." Right. Because like he didn't he also figure out that she was using like a control magic to bind them. I think mm-hmm. that's later on. She was using control magic to give them like artificial morale, so that they would follow her orders, even if they didn't really like believe in her. Yeah. But he causes the queen to defect because he's like, "Your king doesn't love you. He's sending you out on the front lines. He should be with you or whatever." Yeah. And it, it's, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm dating Sims are one of the few games I'm better <laughs> at. <computer writing>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because again, he's better at reading people than she is. Yeah. Right. But that's. Yeah. Part of me feels like dating Sims would be more about recognizing patterns than reading people. We're, we're, now we're back to Rikakoi, where they, where he was trying to figure out the formula <laughs> yeah. for always winning at a dating sim. Right, yeah. but I think figuring out who likes what and why was more of Sora's specialty than Shiro's. Uh, we get to move on to like the next little arc. Yeah. Well, we still have episode four, which I think is the last one of this arc. Okay. Uh, Blank wins the chess game against Kurami and wins the throne, resolving to conquer the world and defeat God. Yeah, I mean so yeah, that ultimately becomes their goal to like challenge Tet to another game and beat him. Yeah, right. I think they're also like that's the whole reason he brought us here, so we might as well. Mm-hmm. I think so because Tet is the god of this world and he's the god of games. Yeah, and obviously, if you're a god of games, you're not going to like it if no one's challenging you. Mm-hmm. That's boring. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he brought basically brought them up, brought them to his world to spice it up. Uh, to kind of make it fulfill its intended purpose. Uh, Aside from the stuff with killing God at the end, not killing God. uh, Just defeating. It it mostly ties back into what we were talking about with last episode. It's it's the culmination of that arc. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. It's the end of the chess game where Sora causes the black pieces to defect. Mm. Because they're like, you're going to really attack your own queen. Yeah, and they turn into like an allied army. They turn into the red pieces. Yes. <laughs> and then I think it's implied that the that the black pieces kill the king. I don't know if it's the black pieces or if the black king kills themselves. I kind of waffled back and forth on this, but Cormi yeah. orders them to strike their former colleagues down and they don't. Yeah. Which to be fair, if you did that in a real war, I would expect the same exact thing. They can only have one representative, or at least that's what they say. And so then Sora and Shiro play 3,526,744 games and each have won 1,170,080 games and tied the rest of them with the goal being to win two in a row. Draw these games are like, wait a minute, we can have multiple representatives, right? And that's the end of that. Well, they decide well, that they, they count as one because they're blank. Right. Yeah. And I think it's also implied that they didn't play 3 million games to do that. That was the ongoing total from their entire lives. It started at like 500 games in the first yeah, think, 16, because they showed several. I think it was 500 games for that, for the instance of playing for who's king. And then it shifted to for the entirety of their lives. I feel like there was supposed to be a time skip. Like, there's a two-day time skip, then they put up the 500 games. 
I don't know. I feel like there's a longer one, but I don't care to debate the point. Yeah, same. <clears throat> All right. Uh, next arc. Oh. I will say, fun little pledge thing here is that they use the pledges to force all advisors to submit truthful reports. <laughs> yeah. That's important. Yeah. And then they just modernize it because it's kind of in a fantasy world of sorts. So they just bring modern techniques that they know work. Yeah. Like yeah. crop rotation. <laughs> yeah. And um, bonds and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Government bonds. Yep. <laughs> and then, yeah, they want to challenge Tet, whatever. That's, you know. And we're getting that's, into the next arc. I yeah, feel. let's go. Uh, next arc. I open Spotify. Oops. It's uh, <laughs> a weird arc. <laughs> blank thoroughly embarrassed Steo in several games and decided to go on a fact-finding mission in order to conquer the Cat Girl Kingdom. <laughs> I so mean, that's, that's actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the whole reason that uh, Sora decides their next target is the Eastern Federation is because it's Animal Girls. Yeah. Which I think it's one of the few times that I'm fine with the perviness, because okay then. Yeah. I mean, so, I get it. Yeah. Like honestly, I'm fine with the perviness for like ninety percent of the time that it's not Shiro. I'm yeah, I'm fine with it with every other character except Shiro and Izuna. Everyone yeah. else is fair game. Yeah. Cause like that's honestly all Steph's good for. <laughs> She yeah, also basically runs the kingdom. Yeah. I love how we got a lot like, of we got a lot of that in this episode like, for sure. Her contribution to the plot. Yeah. Just plot. This is when Steph they realize that Steph um can actually do something. And they're like, wait a minute. You actually graduated high school oh, and yeah. you're able to talk to people. You had friends. <laughs> right. And they get jealous of her for it. Yeah. Yeah, and Blank also reveals that they haven't been slacking off like Steph thinks. They are trying to figure out information because if they're trying they, to study up on the world. Right. If they know how to be a nation, they can do it. But they don't know anything yet because humanity doesn't have that good of resources, as we'll find out later on. Um because yeah. they don't have that many books anymore. Cause they lost their library to a flugel. Which is pretty much an angel. I yeah. mean if you actually pronounce the umlaut properly, it'd be flugel, but whatever. It's fine. Well, John, you know what you yeah, are? Yeah, they lost it to a flugel. What? You're a fuckle. That didn't work. I'm, I'm a shuckle, the best Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's cool. 100% what I meant. I, like, I feel I like this arc is just kind of them getting ready to take on the world. Like, yeah. There's not one main theme in any of it. Like I think this is an this is an anime that you that you can really tell is based on light novels because the arcs feel more like like three episodes feel more like one episode in terms of like story. Yeah. Well, the first and last arcs definitely feel like consistent, and this middle one just mm-hmm. feels like random stuff. All right, are we ready to move on to the next episode? It should be mentioned that Steph keeps betting on games that she thinks are random chance, and Sora keeps proving time and time again they're not. Yeah. And she gets and loses forced all her to gradually remove more and more of her clothes and give yeah. them to Shiro. Yes. 
I like how she just wears the panties on her head. And the bra and the <laughs> scarf. <laughs> and, she, yeah. and they're like, and he's like, hey, uh, Shiro, aren't you going a little too far with this? And she's like, I'm 11. How could I know? <laughs> when she clearly does know. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the good times uh, I like her age. Shiro is uh, that Vine, I'm 11, so shut the fuck up, personified. <laughs> and uh, the last game, uh, Steph doesn't, like, they don't tell Steph what right. they win from that yet. Technically important. They just yeah. say, um, we require a favor. Next uh, on our list uh, is episode six, which I is a one-sentence summary. Blank challenges a horny angel to a word game. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> because because gaming grandpa the previous king uh bet the library against her and lost yeah and so the, the library just belongs to her and also flugel are just like horny for knowledge that's just their thing yeah. well yeah they used to be horny for heads until yeah, they used to be horny for murder wasn't allowed anymore so you know <laughs> yeah i'll say this is i really love the word game yeah, yeah, I think the word game's my favorite game. Oh yeah, that was the best game they played because like it winds up they like just end up erasing fundamental parts of the universe by the right. end of it. Like, <laughs> well, like they they win by erasing the force that keeps atoms from splitting apart. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll start. For those who aren't familiar, the word game that we're talking about is where you say a word, and whatever the last letter is has to be the first letter of the next sentence, or for Japanese syllables. Mm -hmm. um, but whatever you say will either appear or disappear based on if it's already in the vicinity. Mm. So right. you can say stuff like atmosphere and the atmosphere is gone. You can say things like mantle and then like the inner part of the earth that's the mantle disappears. Right. Or say <laughs> stuff like naughty bits and then girl clothes later on. Yeah. Did you watch on Netflix or Crunchyroll? I, I watched Netflix. on Netflix. Because on Netflix, Sora says threads. And I think in the Crunchyroll translation, it's women's clothes. I feel Netflix, I thought he said women's clothes because Did his clothes didn't come off. Dubbed? I watched both. I had subtitles on while watching dubbed. Because he says threads in the sub, at least. I think he said girl clothes. Because threads doesn't make sense because his clothes are still there because they don't sexualize men at all in this, really. Well... It Sora's really the only character they don't sexualize. That's there true. There just aren't any men. There's only I mean, the grandpa. The, the grandpa dog. Yeah. And he is ripped. Yeah. Are all the, so, are all the grandpas in this show gaming grandpas? I, I mean, everyone's a gamer, John. So yeah. yeah. There's only two grandpas in this show, so they're both gaming grandpa. Yeah. But anyways, back to this. Um, Blank uses their knowledge of like science to cause like yeah jibril unable to respond mm -hmm. and then kill her yes <laughs> which makes them win <laughs> yeah you win up. one of the ways to win this game is just to outlive the other person yeah so they get rid of the entire earth except for the center like they actually blow up steph yeah well no um yeah when when they're talking about oxygen, they're like, if you don't expel all your oh, oxygen, yeah. you explode. And it shows death falling towards the sun, and then she explodes. Yeah. Yeah. But, long story short, they cause a hypernova and kill everyone and win. 
Yes. And they also only win because of Steph, because she was distracting, like, monsters that Jabril would summon. And they would casually, like, take care of the monster right before it killed Steph. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This was truly the best game in this show. Yeah. I think I like the chess match more, but yes, this was great. Mm. I like this one more because it doesn't feel as as pulley as the that's true mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like they're just like goofing with the game rules and be like fudging it just to make it well i do like them testing out the game and the Ooh. last arc <laughs> like does this work how about this but he we'll just, get to the that. first thing he does is summon a hydrogen bomb yeah oh yeah 100 percent. the first one is atom bomb to see can you summon something that the other person doesn't know about. Yeah. And then also to, you know, test out some magic and stuff. If you're going to do a bikini, you remove all the other clothes first. I love that. (laughs) How they were trying to figure out the best way to get, to just get the best, like, um, bikini shot. Yeah. All right, we're ready to move on to the next episode? I think so, so, yeah. Uh, So this is probably the most messed up summary I have. Uh, Blank goes on a fact-finding mission to Feigite out Ho-Yo defeat Tia War Beasts. Yeah, they just want to conquer the War Beasts or the Animal Girls. John, yes. were you okay when you wrote that? <laughs> um, Good enough. I'm trying to figure out like wh- what time of day I watched this episode. I don't think I'd started drinking yet. yeah but what time was that john nine in the morning i don't remember i think i watched this episode like i think i watched this yesterday evening okay i will say i think this is arguably the worst episode i feel yeah i mean it was a lot of focus on like stephanie's grandfather who like we never met yeah right I think that was more for Steph, like, realizing that yeah. she actually truly does believe in Blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because her grandfather challenged the Eastern Federation, like, eight different times. Yeah, four times. every time. Oh, yeah, eight times. Yeah. It was eight. the elves who did it four times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lost every time. But... They figured out that the Eastern Federation normally erases memories, but since they didn't consider humans a threat, they didn't for him. So he was able to write down however to defeat him or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which they never really share, but, you know. I think it was less how to defeat them and more what their game was. That's true. Because if he knew how to defeat them, he would have he he won. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's... And Lord, what a game it is. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why he wanted the best gambler to rule the kingdom, because... Because he'd done some research for them. Right, he wanted them to gamble on it. Yeah. He needs he needed them to gamble... To make a big gamble, which we'll get to later, but you know. But that's pretty much this episode. Oh, there is a secret room in the bedroom. Yes. Where he kept all his stuff. Mm-hmm. That they they pretty much found immediately. Yeah, they found like pretty quickly, and they did hint at it earlier, which was nice. And I love how um, 
I don't think the porn was in there. There no. wasn't, but I love how there's a key and everybody thinks, oh, it's just a porn stash. Like it, it's oh yeah, but Shiro stash. says she already found his porn stash. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we're good to move on. I don't yeah, think much yeah. happened. Uh, in episode eight, Sora and Shiro figure out the war beast's secret and bets all of humanity against them. This is also where we're introduced to our two kind of main representatives of the war beasts, uh, being Eno and Izuna. And Izuna, who I think has some of the best phrases, because she says yes. thanks at the end of every sentence, because that's being polite. But then mm-hmm. she says stuff like, oh shit, thanks. Well, I think, I think it's, it's great. I think it's probably just something that's hard to translate to English. I think it is harder, mm-hmm. but I think it, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's quite exactly how it would translate out, but I don't actually know the language, so I'm not gonna like yeah. be like this is exactly how it is. I think in Jap- in Japanese they have like different ways of speaking entirely, where it's like yeah. there's like an entire different language for speaking politely, mm-hmm. and so. We don't really have that in English. Yeah, I think what it is is that she speaks in a really rude way most of the time, but like switches back to the politeness at the end of her sentences. Yeah, maybe. But I just love how because she is very rude. Mm-hmm. But then also just politely says things at the end of everything, mm-hmm. or politely says whatever you know. Yeah. Uh, but this is also kind of where we get more on the war beasts. The fact that they are like way more technologically advanced than humans and they have technology. So yeah. uh, Sora and Shiro rightly reason that they have video games and therefore that's the game that they have been challenging everyone to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and since no one remembers it. Mm-hmm. Although didn't they impl- didn't they say the elves figured it out? Right, so they said the first time, they didn't know. The second time, they thought, oh, well, it's because they can't use magic then. And then the third time, I think they figured out, and the fourth time, they just couldn't, so then they gave up. I think. I don't know. But the whole War Beast thing is that whoever challenges them and loses, they erase all memories of the game. Mm -hmm. And Jabril challenged them at one point, and she doesn't recognize the tv screens at all so like oh it's it's a video game then um which is blank's uh wheelhouse (laughs) absolutely yeah although it's vr it is vr that's true it's full dive vr yeah right i do love um i think this is the episode where they talk about how that's where the human palace used to be yeah but then they took yeah. it over, and mm-hmm. they built a big tower for the embassy. And then the humans are like, well, we're going to build a bigger castle. And they're like, well, we're going to build a bigger tower. Um, but humans got outclassed because they don't have as good a resource. Yeah. But I just thought that was funny. The, the end of this episode is the cliffhanger where Shiro's not there. Yeah. Sora. God damn it. <laughs> yes. You're right. And he's not in the ED, which I think is funny. Or mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, I, I skip the ED when it's at, when I'm binging stuff. So I just click to the end to make sure I'm not missing anything. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. if if you're watching on Netflix, it'll 
it won't give you the option to skip. Yeah, but I don't trust it. Uh, next up is episode nine. Uh, as part of a game with Karami, uh, Sora disappears, leaving the others to try and piece together where he went. And, and so their memories of him disappear, too. Uh, so when the episode starts, the only one who remembers him is Shiro, because uh, she and Sora are basically one. Yeah, and she's technically his backup player in what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, that's so she, she remembers. <laughs> she went, manages to win a game of Othello without being able to see the board. But that's because she has Shiro's memories or whatever, or she's Sora. playing for Shiro. God damn it, she's playing for Sora. Mm-hmm. So like he has his moves set out, and so she's able to play them. Yeah, exactly. And this is how they win over uh, Karami and her elf friend Fee to their side. Yeah. Uh, because this is how he convinces Karami that he's not a pawn of some other nation. He's really uh, working for humanity's benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gives her all of his memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of them. All of yeah, them. Yeah, I know, right? Like, ugh. <laughs> she knows all the hentai he watched. Although they do say that they're the same age. Oh, he has all of her memories, too. Only the ones that she lost. Oh, oh, is that how? Is that what it was? Well, so each Othello piece represents mm-hmm. a part of it. And so if hers never got flipped over, it wouldn't have ever... She wouldn't but have ever lost it. And she also... And uh, they also win the right to alter the elf fee's memories mm-hmm. as they right. want to. But they only want to change one thing. Yeah. Which will come up in, like, episode 12, so... Yes. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the stuff that happens in these episodes has payout later. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't start to pay off for a little bit. Right. Um, and this is the last episode in the get ready to fight the war beast arc. Yeah. Now we're next is going to be fighting the war beast arc. I mean, we say fight, you know. Yeah. As much as you can fight in Discord. Yes. Not that one. This one. But yeah, this episode I thought was pretty good in um, just showing like how they do rely on each other, but they also trust each other. Implicitly, yeah. Yeah. And they are truly one unit. Mm-hmm. It's not really talk. It really is. All right. Uh, next episode is episode 10. Uh, the game with the War Beast begins. A VR game set in the modern Tokyo. Although it doesn't really begin until the very end. Right? Yeah, it doesn't. It's right. the end of the episode, basically. Yeah. It's all set up, pretty much. And also, humanity is all really mad at, at uh, Sora and Shio for betting literally their right to exist as a sentient race yeah. uh, on yeah. this game. <laughs> Which, can you blame them? Yeah. No. But that was. it's all part of his plan, because he wants them to see that he's not working on behalf of someone else, because they, he knows they'll be looking out for cheating if they already suspect him. Right. They're looking at for cheating and they have Fee and Koromi there to mm. detect magic cheating. Exactly. Um, and it should be mentioned that this game is Izuna against Blank, Steph, and Jabril. Yeah, all four of them against one. <laughs> and I do like how this episode ends. They just freak out because they're back in Tokyo and they never went outside yeah. when they lived in yeah. Tokyo. 
Um, and in order for Fee to forgive Jabril, oh yeah, <laughs> she literally asks if you lick my feet and apologize for something. I think. Yeah. For blowing up like the the elves' entire shit. Yeah. 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 But yeah, and they just they they did cut away for it. They had the sound, but they cut away. Yeah. I really thought they were just gonna go for it, honestly. Yeah. No, that would be that'd be too much. Yeah, Why would I, that I'm be with too Chris much. On that one. <laughs> no, I think they don't implicitly ever show anything. That's why I'm like, this could arguably be PG thirteen. Well, I think yeah. it's PG thirteen by Japanese broadcast standards. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I think it is, but I don't know about by American standards. Yeah. I think yeah. it would definitely be rated R in America. I think it I would think be. it's mature audiences on Netflix. Yeah. Probably. I think you like, could argue differently, but it's definitely yeah. Like solely for the um word game. Probably. Yeah. And there's a lot of bath scenes. A lot of them. Yeah. Oh, there's one every arc. Is that what it is? I think so. Okay. Probably. Or one every Anytime they get a new character, they go take a bath. <laughs> I mean, as Sora said, it's the best way to make friends or whatever. Yeah. What did he say? To Japanese tradition. Japanese communal Rita. bathing is a way to. Jabril yeah. uh... gave a thirty-minute report on it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Linked it to the Romans somehow. Linked it to the Romans. Yes. Yep. That got and then Cormi was like. I don't understand what you just said. Kermie's like, sure. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, we're going to move on to episode 11, where we talk about living or dead series side story, love or loved part two, shoot her with your bullet of love. Uh, <laughs> That's the name uh, of the game. This is, this, I, is my, uh, <laughs> this is my summary for this episode. To the game continues. <laughs> That's the with a B instead of an H. <laughs> In a gal gun sort of way. And in the show, they, they're explicitly like, this is just freaking gal gun. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen gal gun? Nope. No. But do you remember like Time Crisis back in like the arcades? Was it that, but this? It's, it's that, but you shoot girls and their clothes fall off and they get horny. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Japan. <laughs> rules to this game. You have a love gun. You shoot NPCs. Andrew, the lovey-dovey gun. You're right. It is the lovey-dovey gun. Um, shooting it lowers your love meter. Shooting people raises it. Um, being touched by an NPC depletes your love power and keeps you from charging up your gun. And you have to actually shoot their skin, so if you shoot their clothes, their clothes fade away instead. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the rules of the game. There's grenades as well, but they're never like used except for as a smoke screen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and if you shoot someone, so if Izuna shoots one of the four, they become her love slave. Yeah, so they start, they're allied with her from that point. Until they get shot again by the other two. Right. Yeah. So, of course, Stephanie Dola is the first one to be turned to the other side. Well, I love, so... I love the implication that, like, Steph comes back and is like, I'm going to kill you all, and then they shoot her. And then they're like, Steph, go try and kill Izuno. And she's like, okay, fine. And she goes back out. And it yeah. repeats like three or four times. Well, so they're testing out the mechanics of this game. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, what happens if you shoot someone? And they shoot Steph. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> do, do these bounce? Hey, Steph, shoot at this thing. And she shoots herself. <laughs> and she falls in love with herself. Yeah. <laughs> she's looking at her reflection in a vending machine like she's Narcissus. Yeah. It's so great. And like, Sora is just goofing around shooting the NPCs. And like he shoots the broth when oh, yeah. all the audience is cheering. So yeah, this episode, this arc kind of goes... This episode is the only one that's consumed entirely by the Galgun game. Yeah. Which, you know, most of it's here. And this is where we see why Shiro is so good at first-person shooters. Because she has like an, such an analytical mind that she knows exactly where to shoot to anticipate all their movements. Mm-hmm. Right, and she knows where how to dodge in the most efficient manner. Whether you just stop walking or take one step or oh. whatever. Yeah, and which is why the one time that she and Shiro have to shoot at each other, he knows to just keep running forward because the one thing she won't account for is someone not trying to dodge at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they chase Izuna around. But really, what ultimately happens is that we realize Izuna is receiving messages from outside, and that's kind of how they're cheating. But they can't do anything about it because no one knows. Yeah. I think it's basically her grandpa. Right, yeah. Telling her. And she has good hearing, so he can just whisper it. Yeah. Um, And Izuna catches them off guard and turns Shiro. I will say, at this point, the only three characters that are really playing are Jabril and Blank. Yeah. Steph yeah. is pretty much not included at all. Yeah. <laughs> She's a non-contender. But Izuna turns Shiro... And then they fight a bit, and they jump off a roof. Um, I think they actually say they don't. She doesn't turn her. We don't know that yet. We've until the end of the episode. I mean, we're talking about the whole episode. Fine. So yeah, Shiro really never got hit. Um, she was just faking it so that when she got turned back, she'd have a shorter re- like recovery time. I think it was she was faking so that way Izuna would leave it to Shiro and they could right. lure her to where they wanted her. Right, exactly. I really do like this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's got some really slick kind of action stuff going, mm-hmm. which you don't usually see from the show, but it's Madhouse and they do that good. Yeah. Uh, are we going to talk about the last episode? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and. Well, as I've typed it here, Aoisode 12, uh, the Eastern Federation is defeated, creating the Elkian Federation. Uh, so what winds up happening is they exploit the NPC behaviors to get Stephanie to fire a blind shot into the back of Izuna's head. Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is like, that's on some like, watch for Rolling Rock and half an A-press level. Well, so it should be mentioned, NBCs don't have footsteps. They don't have, yeah, they sound, they're silent, so they're, they're impossible right. to track. And they had, uh, they had uh, Stephanie keep her eyes closed the whole time. They, what they did, I think they did that so that uh, the grandpa wouldn't know what was happening. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because he was reading they, their heart rates and giving information right. to Izuna. They used the favor that they got from Stephanie a couple episodes ago. To be like, do this thing and forget that you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately. Um, also, it should be mentioned that Izuna transforms using blood destruction. Yeah. Um, that lets her become like a super fast whatever thing. Mm-hmm. She goes full Sanic. 
<laughs> I also think that the whole thing with Steph shooting Izuna wasn't like the big brain final plan. I think that was just the last resort in a long line of fail-safes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, because Shiro thought, I think they thought they were going to get her in the building. Yeah. Um, yeah. When she jumped out the window. Um, and then they came up with this plan in a park right yeah. before Shiro got quote-unquote turned. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, they win. Yeah, Yay. they do win. And then, uh, so they, they win all of the Eastern Federation territory on the continent. And then they go to the capital. No. And- they take she, a bath. They take a and bath. The shrine first. priestess pops up and brings everyone to the capital. Yeah, that's right. I so think they, they go, just went back to the embassy. No, they went. To the, no, they went to the capital of the Eastern Federation. Okay. They do because they go to the shrine priestess's shrine. And then it winds up being a coin toss between Sora and the shrine priestess to determine the fate of the Eastern Federation. And it, what right. winds up being is that Sora intentionally creates a draw so they both mutually benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the Eastern Federation becomes part of Elkia. Yeah, but, but they get to ret- maintain self-government. Self-government and all their resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they become the, the Elkian Federation instead. Yep. And this is when they reveal that they're not aiming to collect all the pieces themselves and steal them from the races, because that would violate the Tenth Pledge. Right. Uh-huh. Of have fun and play together. Yeah. Yeah. So their goal is basically to unite all the races and then challenge God. It should be mentioned. Um, two things happen. First of all, plot-wise, they alter Fee's memory so that way she reports false information about the game to the elves, so that way they will challenge and... They can beat them. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they literally summon a god. Yeah, yeah. They summon one of the old de- dei, uh, to Deus. I'm pluralizing it because I'm annoying. They summon an old Deus. Yeah. Um, because the shrine priestess has a god because she's a priestess. Yeah. And this is an alternate world. They don't have Latin. That's true. That's fair. Um, but it literally ends on that cliffhanger of them summoning a god. Yeah, and challenging it to a game, and that's where our cliffhanger is. Great. Yeah, I mean, light novel-wise, there's more, but we don't yes. know that. But there's no anime right now. So it doesn't exist. I also don't know if that's actually where the third light novel ends. I don't think so, because don't light novels like to wrap stuff up a bit more? Well, I think... That's how a novel would end, but I don't think, I don't know if that's, if like summoning the god is how it ends. That's fair. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, none of us are familiar with the light novels. Yeah. yeah. It is a cool ending, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like the growing cast of characters in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so do we want to talk about the movie now? Sure. All right. Um, yeah. So. The movie takes place 6,000 years before the show. Uh, so Riku's life is changed when he meets an ex machina named uh, Shvi, uh, setting the stage for the world of Disboard. Not that one, of course. Right, this one. Um, so the movie is weird because, like, it's just, it's a big tonal whiplash from the show. Yeah. Right. Um, like, I kind of went into it expecting it to be like 
the Konosuba movie where it's just like a couple more episodes of the show, but edited together. But I was kind of shocked by what it was, actually. I think it's fine to have that in franchises. Yeah, I think it's fine. And I will say, I think. I'm glad we got this story. Mm-hmm. I just would have preferred, I think. More no game, no life. Yeah, yeah. And this doesn't feel like it, even though it is in the same universe and whatever. Like, I think this. I think it was a good decision to make this a movie instead of right, a hundred percent. Trying to adapt it as part of the show. That's true. Yeah. yeah, they did tone down the color palette a lot for this one. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah, character wise, they were still bright, but yeah. world wise, not as much. So, do you want to go a bit in depth on the movie? Yeah. Uh, would you like to? Sure. So we start off, um, pretty much we learn that humans are pushed to the brink during this war between the races because humans really have no defense. Mm-hmm. They have no magic. They're not great at building stuff, whatever. They die easily. Um, and then Riku, our main character, goes to this elven capital, I think, that was destroyed. And meets Something like that. an ex machina, which is just a robot, pretty much, like a yeah. cyborg who got cast out because she kept trying to understand emotions and kept causing um, errors. Mm-hmm. Um, they fall in love, get married. Um, let's see, what else? Let's see. I'm trying to remember because I didn't write down any sort of summary for this. Um, Their home so, is destroyed. Kind of. I would say it probably ends up getting destroyed, but there's a group of people that are kind of like scouts and stuff for the humans. And when they evacuate, they stay behind and Riku kind of gives them a speech that says, we're ghosts now, we're dead to the world. And we have a couple of rules. And these kind of, I think, start the basis for the pledges that are don't kill, don't let anyone die. Some other stuff. But, Some other stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's the birth of a Shinte, which technically no, it's the birth it's of a Shinto. A Shinto is the birth now. So yeah. it was Ashiente, I think, at sure. the beginning. That's I swear on the dead or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Then it's a Shinto, which is I swear on those who are alive on the other races. And then a Shantae, which is, I swear, on the pledges, which is what happens in modern day No Game No Life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much their plan is to bring about an artifact that will cause the end of this war by getting all the races to bring their mega death weapons to one point and fire them at each other. Mm-hmm. And then use some Ex Machina tech to replicate it over and over i think redirect it and then when uh the plan ultimately fails the ex machina come and say hey we like this plan you won't be able to do what you're trying to do but you can redirect you can redirect it in this direction where we can then replicate it got it Mm -hmm. um right and they only they only are able to get the ex machina on their side after uh Shvi transmits a bunch of her data to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah. dies in the process. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And then it ends with Riku grabbing this artifact, kind of, and then since he's not able to actually hold it because he's literally dying because it's too powerful for him. Well, also he he's immortal. It, it's supposed to be given to a god. Right. Um, but he gives it to the god of games, yeah. Tet, and pretty much is like, stop this war, make it do a good job. Tet yeah. is also the name of the Vietnamese New Year. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the movie. Right? Also, yeah. Tet's just casually hanging out and playing chess with Izuna. Yeah. yeah. I feel like he probably does that a lot. He probably like does that. that a lot, yeah. Maybe not specifically Izuna, but like just runs around playing games with people and is kind of mad that they can't beat him. And I think it's implied I, uh... that Izuna's done this before with him. Yeah. It definitely, uh, it definitely is a very classical mythology thing to do, just for a god to travel incognito and play games with people. Right. Um. Yeah. yeah I, but like, it's a good movie. It just doesn't feel like No Game No Life. It, because... Yeah, it's really weird because it goes for like high melodrama, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um. It should be said, Jabril is the one who fights Shubi. Shvi. Shvi. Shubi. Shvi. Yeah, she's the one who fight, fights Shvi and um, kills her. And it's kind of funny because at the very end, they find something that says her name. She's like, yeah. that name sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or she was like, no, she wasn't no, human. No, she knows, she knows that she knows Shvi it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't humanity. She was ex machina. Yeah. And I do basically okay. all but stated that Riku and Shvi were reincarnated as Sora and Shiro. Right, yeah. yeah. And so we're just going to wait for Kyrie and someone else for yeah. the next reincarnation. Well, yeah, but like Sora means sky and Riku, I think, means Earth. Or is it sea? Riku it means land and Kyrie means sea. Yeah. And, uh, and so Shiro means white and Shfi is short for Schwarze, which is black in German. So I guess it'll be Kyrie and Grey. Sure. I mean, Gray is a. It could be a boy and girl, but Kyrie being the older one. Oh, that's a, another interesting dynamic. Um, is it better or worse? I mm, worse same. same. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's done less, so people might not like. It might not be as not popular, but well known. But it's the same. I would yeah. say. But I did like the look into Ex Machina and another race, and we. Do have dwarves mentioned? Yeah, mm -hmm. which I think I think both of those come back in the later novels. They just aren't there. They're not part of them. Yeah. Um. So I did like the fact that hey, we got some new people or new races to play around with. Mm -hmm. Um. And we do actually meet Stephanie's long lost ancestor. Yeah, and uh, Karumi's. Nona is. Her ancestor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We also meet Phil's. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's pretty... the elf that he plays the game with for information. Yeah. And I think they're all voiced by the same people. I think so. Probably. I like that you just pronounced her name Phil. <laughs> it's so weird because they. I feel like they go back and forth between Fee and Phil every time. Well, yeah, Phil's her real name, and Fee is the nickname. Yeah. yeah which, they're a lot more different in uh, Japanese than they are in English, because it's two syllables versus one. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, do we want to talk about the possible future content of Mill Game No Life, or do we want to talk about reviews first? Uh, I say we just give our general thoughts. Okay. Andrew, would you like to go first since this was your pick? Yeah, I mean, I really like it. There are, as we mentioned at the beginning, there are some issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do enjoy the game logic that goes on and the outmaneuvering that they have to do. Um, and so just, I really like that about this. And I really enjoyed that. And I think mm-hmm. that's the highlight of this whole thing. And all the character interactions are great. Yeah, I for the most part I totally agree with you. Uh, though I also I also really like kind of how kind of irreverent and referential it could be. Yeah, uh, I thought that was really fun because you know it does it, it you know it acknowledges the fact that its characters are weebs and they say weeb shit all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of fun. But for the most part, I agree with everything you say. You know, it's visually striking, of course, uh, and it's got a lot of fun logic. Though it does have some flaws that make me just be like, oh, I don't want to be just be out and proud for this show one hundred percent. Pretty much what they said. I can't. <laughs> I, I don't know what else I would say. Every time we give our general thoughts on a show, it always winds up with Chris going last and be like, "Yeah, what they said." Yeah. Well, because yeah, I mean, it's just the. I really like the show, but there are a couple things that I think I would change, and yep. one of them being, I feel like if Shiro was like f- five years older. It would still be weird, but... It would still be weird, but it would at least be better. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it wouldn't be a child. And to be fair, Sora's 18, so if she was 16, it's like, well... Sora's 18? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know. So maybe he ages up to, and everyone else ages up seven or whatever, but, you know. Yeah, I, I think the... I'm fine with the toothbrushing part. <laughs> Which is a weird thing to say, but it's like yeah. they use it mostly to humor's effect. The I age don't, part, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind the toothbrushing as much as the age differential. Yeah, yeah, and just the fact the way that Shiro is drawn like all the time. Like I don't want to see that. Come on. Yeah. yeah, I just actually physically shuddered thinking about it. And if you really did like No Game No Life, they only covered four of the ten total light novels. So I think only three. One of them was the movie. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. One through three was the anime. Yeah. And then six was the movie. And you can find those on Bookwalker. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about this one right now? Um, Just that, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a season two anytime soon. Yeah. That feel when? Nothing's been mentioned. I mean, it's... It could. Never say never, but... Yeah. With how inconsistent the light novel publications are. I think they're... Chris and I talked about this today, but they're probably waiting until they're all done so they can just bang them out one after the other. all done, but until they're consistently coming yeah. out again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame, but, you know, makes sense. Yeah, of course. Uh, all that being said, I think we're about good to end the episode, right? I think so. What's, all right. what's next month going to be, John? Uh, next month is I my thought... birthday month. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I get to pick the OVA. Yeah, it is. Start voting. Yeah. It's Trigun time, baby. 
Andrew, have you seen Trigon before? Nope, I have not seen three bullets. No, it's it's three cannons. Guns. Is that better? Cannons. That that works. Three cannons. Oh, and do we want to watch the Trigon movie as well? Because I've never actually seen it. Sure. And we have to watch the dub, right? What? We have to watch the dub, right? I don't think the dub is very good. I'm going to watch the sub. The dub is not very good, except for Johnny Young Bosch's Vash. Uh, this has been your weekly anime performance review OVA episode on No Game, No Life. Uh, I've been John, your uh, gaming grandpa. I've been... And I've been Andrew, CEO of Ascente. Ravioli. <laughs>